0: What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. Well, we got a lot to talk about today. A lot of stuff I'm really excited to talk about. Casey Mize made his Major League debut last night against the Chicago White Sox. I'm actually going to work backwards here, unlike I did yesterday. I'm going to start off by talking about the stuff that doesn't involve Casey Mize because there is just a little bit that I want to discuss mainly that Gregory Soto struggled again took the loss gave up two home runs yesterday one of them was kind of a nothing home run I mean Jose Abreu with an opposite field shot that had a 180 expected batting average that was you know kind of ridiculous and then he gave up a no doubter to Eddie Encarnacion there for his second home run of the game. I'll, I'll say this. I've never agreed with what Guardy did last night and Osmus did this a lot too. And maybe, maybe that's why I don't like it. I've never been a fan of, oh, a guy has a really bad outing. Therefore we got to throw him to the fire the next day. I, I feel like if a guy struggles quite a bit, depending on the situation, you know, give him a day or two off and then give him another opportunity. I didn't like the fact that Soto clearly struggled on Tuesday. They bring him out Last night, and he got popped yet again for two home runs, taking the loss. And I thought that that was a bit silly. But besides that, you know, they, they lost the game 5-3. to three. I'm not going to cover anything else. Uh, what else is there to cover? The story, last night, what everyone wants to hear about is the fact that Casey Mize made his Major League debut. I will say this. I said it in my post game. I will say it again. Nervous. I was genuinely nervous. The first time I've been nervous watching a Tigers game in several years, I wanted the kid to look good, and in all honesty, what just talking about stuff, and, and I'll get more into you know individual moments, things he may have to fix, just in terms of stuff, I thought Casey Mize looked absolutely electric, and, and what I got to point to right away, the thing that I think a lot of people noticed, and I noticed as well, just the maturity, like the demeanor in general was was excellent. I've never been worried about his demeanor. This is a very even keel guy, but just talking about his maturity as a pitcher, I thought was so remarkably impressive because I think it's where Scooball struggled in his major league debut. I alluded to this yesterday. In the minor leagues, you can beat guys with fastballs. You can rear back, and you can and you can beat guys with ninety five, even in the strike zone. Guys will swing and miss at it. What makes Casey Mize such a special pitcher, and the reason why he was so highly touted, you know, even when he was in college, was the fact that this is a guy who can not only strike guys out with several different pitches, he can get ahead in counts with several different pitches. And while he started off Tim Anderson with a few fastballs, and that scared me for a minute, you saw him. To pretty much every batter he faced, both right-handers and lefties, him getting ahead in counts with pitches other than his fastball. You saw him getting ahead with cutters. You saw him getting ahead with curveballs. And then, of course, that split finger, which he brought out late in counts, that was absolutely devastating. I mean, I wish I would have been able to watch this with a crowd, because even even my own father, who's seen it all. You know, the man is is 65 years old. Even he was impressed with what he saw from Casey Mize last night, especially the off-speed offerings and mainly that splitter, a devastating, devastating offering by Casey Mize. Was it not exciting? Did you not get fired up? Like, I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're the biggest curmudgeon in the universe. If you're a Tigers fan, you are made of stone if you didn't pump your fist at least once or twice last night while watching Mize pitch. That was some of the best stuff we've seen here in years, in years. Some of the most dynamic stuff. Some of the most exciting stuff. The most exciting storyline that's happened to the Detroit Tigers over the last several years. And, like, that's indisputable. Because when you think of all the, quote-unquote, interesting things that have happened to the Tigers over the last several years, I have two that stand out. One, they clinched the first pick in the draft last season, losing to the Twins, because they tanked and put together one of the worst teams of all time. And two, the other one, in 2017, the Indians broke the American League record for most consecutive wins when they beat the Tigers in a three-game series. Besides that, nothing even of remote interest has happened here over the last several years. And last night was exciting. Now, it wasn't all peaches and cream. I'm not going to act like he was perfect. He wasn't. The final line, not the prettiest. Four and a third, seven hits, three runs, all of them earned. Zero walks, seven strikeouts. Zero walks and seven Ks is very impressive. You know, he made one really bad mistake to Edwin Encarnacion. I liked the the pitch selection. Obviously, the location, uh, very poor. And, and he'll he's aware of that. Even the best pitchers will make mistakes like that. And, and so I'm not going to get on him too hard for, for throwing a bad off-speed offering to, to a guy who's probably going to end up hitting 500 home runs in his career. And I would much rather see, and we saw Verlander get into this kind of in the latter part of his tenure here in Detroit, I would much rather see a guy give up one or two solo home runs than give up four or five consecutive singles. You know, he left a pitch up, and Carnacion is a veteran, he crushed it, you move on. And I thought his recovery after that was really excellent, because next that bat, he gives up a double to Nomar Mazzara, and you were thinking, oh boy, he's going to get rocked now, it's going to be just like Scoob the night before, he didn't, uh, the next batter hit a ground ball right back to Mize, Mazzara went to third, Mize made a really smart decision, went to third, they got the force out there, they got the out there at third base, and Mize settled in, now, in the fifth inning was where he struggled, Jamer hit that three run home run to put the Tigers in front, and then, Mize struggled there in the fifth inning. Now I will say one of those was really bad luck. Tim Anderson hit a seeing-eye single to left field that went, you know, through Jamer and through the shortstop Nico Goodrum. A tough break for Casey Mize. And then in the next at-bat, Johan Moncada lined a single to right field that Jorge Bonifacio completely boofed. Jose Cisnero came in and put the fire out. You could argue that that wasn't even an earned run. I mean, I-, I guess technically it is. But, you know, it's one of those things where, and I said this in my postgame, third time through the order facing the White Sox, that's a tall order for Jacob deGrom. That's a tall order for Justin Verlander or for Garrett Cole. And it was difficult for Casey Mize yesterday. I'm not going to act like the guy was perfect, but I mean, far, far better than what we saw from Scooball the day before. And I I don't mean to pick on the guy, but the fact is Scooball seemed, while I complimented his demeanor, Scooball seemed a little bit overwhelmed and I think was a little bit too fastball heavy early on in counts. and. Look, when you play in the major leagues, you can't really afford to have a bad inning. Sometimes, you know, you need to be locked in for every pitch. The game moves way too fast, and I think Mize was really aware of that early on and was mixing speeds. And it just—it didn't seem even in the times when he gave up hits. And look, he gave up seven hits through four and a third. I'm not gonna act like that's sparkling, but it seemed like he adjusted much better than Scooball did, and yeah, the fifth inning was rough for him, you know, obviously the solo home run he gave up to Encarnacion was rough, but that's forgivable, he will grow from this, but just in terms of stuff, and look, I know, it's one start, and I, I've said this, and I, I don't want to contradict myself, I've said for a minute here, you don't want to get too high, you don't want to get too low, I understand all of that, but I mean, was that not like the best stuff we've seen from any Tigers pitcher this year? Like, the fact is, over the last several years, there's been a few pitchers here that the organization has tried to act like have ace stuff. You know, Matt Boyd, prime example. Ooh, Matt Boyd struck out over 200 last year with a two picks Mitch. He's dynamic. He's an ace. No, you should have traded him last year when you had the chance. Don't make me go into it. But I watched Mize last night, and immediately you say, that guy deserves to be here. That guy's a major league pitcher. That guy, pending health will be here for a long time and will be good here for a long time. He'll need to make adjustments. All these guys will. I'm not going to act like he's going to get called up and be, you know, the ace of a staff or, or a Cy Young contender right away. But just in terms of stuff, you can't tell me that that wasn't the best we've seen by a, a Tiger starter this year. Maybe Turnbull. Maybe you could argue with Turnbull with the fastball peaking at 97. But I don't think his off-speed stuff is as good as Mize, Mize's was. Look, I get it. They lost the game. Four and a third, three earned runs. But when you look at a major league debut, it's very rare a guy's going to be tossing seven scoreless. You look for demeanor, you look for stuff, you look at how well he's adjusting, and not just in between innings, but in between batters. I thought you could cross off pretty much all the check marks that you could for Casey Mize. And it's also worth noting, and this will be an issue here for the next several years, even if you have strikeout pitchers, the defense is made up of a bunch of bums. Jorge Bonifacio, it's so weird, Casey Myers made his Major League debut last night, and yet you would have thought, if you knew nothing about baseball, you would have thought it was Jorge Bonifacio who was making his Major League debut last night. Terrible at bats, an error in right field, like that dude looked shook. That is going to be an issue for this pitching staff going forward, and I'm remarkably excited for what we're going to see over the next several years from some of these guys, but The defense is going to need to be cleaned up. They weren't good defensively last year. They aren't particularly good defensively this year. When you have uh, an outfield made up of Victor Reyes, Jacoby Jones, and Jorge Bonifacio, some hits that should be singles are going to turn into doubles and triples, unfortunately, even if you have the most dynamic strikeout pitchers in the world. And I think we saw that with Mize yesterday. To me, that was a five-inning, one- or two-run start that probably masqueraded itself as a a four-and-a-third three-run start, which is why sometimes, and as I've gotten older, I've realized this even more, the final line is not the best indication of how good a pitcher looked. You know, what you look for is how well a guy adjusted, how good the stuff was, of course, and uh, whether or not he got a little bit unlucky, and I think Mize yesterday got a little bit unlucky, but all in all, I, maybe people will disagree with this. I, I think for the most part they won't. Maybe with Scooball it was different. I'm I'm chalking up Mize's debut as a success. I, I'm sorry, like like, and maybe that's that's the Homer in me. Maybe that's the fan in me, just desperately hoping to see something good. But I thought he looked electric, and I can't wait to see him here. I want to see him here the rest of the year this season, and I want to see him here for the next six, seven years, you know, or, or more. And yes, I get it. That is one start. Me, uh, you know, breaking my own rule, trying not to get too high, trying not to get too low. But it's difficult not to get excited when you've seen the type of abysmal baseball that we've seen. It might sound a little bit sad, but Casey Mize going four and a third, giving up three earned runs yesterday was the most interesting thing that's happened here over the last four years. Bar none, bar none. And yes, it got me excited. I was genuinely invested. I pumped my fist a few times. I stood up a few times. Hell, I even clapped once or twice. I enjoyed watching the Tigers yesterday, and that is something we have not been able to say very often over the last several seasons. Okay, so that's a long first segment. Uh, A well-deserved long first segment. It's not every day that a number one overall draft pick makes his Major League debut. We had to make the most of it. When I come back, I will preview tonight's pitching matchup. An exciting pitching matchup. One to look forward to. Spencer Turnbull versus Lucas Giolito. We'll be right back. Built Bars. Are back, baby. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors. That includes nut and non-nut flavors. You have 12 original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, not not 99% chocolate. 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Oh, and also, Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet, all that good stuff. You look at some of these flavors, they really are remarkable. My personal favorite, the cookies and cream, which includes 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs. And while you're at it, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code on, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And we're back. Thank you for tuning in. I forgot to mention in all the excitement, it is August 20th, year of our Lord. 2020 let's talk about today's pitching matchup a day game 210 a guaranteed rate field tigers trying to avoid the sweep a good pitching matchup we have spencer turnbull on the mound for the tigers going up against lucas giolito of the white Sox. i'll start with giolito this of course coming from mlb.com giolito has allowed 15 earned runs over five starts this season and eight of them have scored in the first inning. He has fanned 32 over 27 in two-thirds innings, but he has also issued 15 walks. And of course, Spencer Turnbull for the Tigers, coming in with a 2-1 record and a two-seven-eight ERA. Turnbull continues to be the best starter in the Tigers' rotation so far this season, but Cleveland showed the blueprint for beating him by making him work through eight full counts in his last start. Three of his four walks came around to score. Don't let the numbers fool you. Lucas Giolito is a really good major league pitcher he had an all-star season a year ago he's had a very strange career this was a guy who was viewed as you know the golden arm in baseball when he was coming up through the nationals farm system kind of blew his arm out lost uh, quite a bit of velocity but really readjusted a season ago has developed one of the nastiest change-ups in the game a nice uh, kind of get me over curveball as well And, and, and dynamic stuff and I think he'll be I think he'll be good today and of course on the other end you have Spencer Turnbull who, like uh, Major League Baseball.com said, has been the Tigers' best pitcher so far this season. I think in his last outing, the, the and MLB.com brought this up, but it's worth reiterating, a command wasn't as good. You know, walked four, three of those guys came around to score. I do feel like he got squeezed in his last start. I thought the the umpiring in that game was pretty abysmal, and that's, that's rare that I bring something like that up, but. Uh, I I think he was better than the final line indicated last time out. This will be a good test for him. Spencer Turnbull has not had an easy go of things so far this year. You know, the, the start against the Pirates was, you know, that was a gift. That's a terrible offense. He still had to go out and execute, and he looked very good. You know, it went seven innings, only gave up one earned run. But he's had to face off against Trevor Bauer, who so far this season, especially now that he's thrown two seven-inning complete games, has been probably the best pitcher in baseball. He's had to go up against Luis Castillo and beat him. He went up against Shane Bieber in his last start and came up short. He has not had an easy go of things. This is a guy who's had a lot of bad luck, whether it be bad umpiring or just no run support. He had the worst run support in baseball a year ago. I think he is one of those guys where you almost have to ignore the numbers, even though so far the numbers have been very good you just got to look at stuff. I talked about that with Mize. It's like, I, I think command and issues like that, getting bat-bipped, water will find its level at some point. I think he will adjust. I think he will be better. you just got to look at stuff. And so far, Spencer Turnbull has, has had the best stuff of any Tigers pitcher that we've seen so far this year, at least, you know, in terms of fastball. Casey Mize yesterday got me quite excited. But all in all, I think this will be a good pitching matchup. You know, the, it's tall order. Part of the reason why I was so on the edge of my seat for every single pitch, you know, there's the excitement of seeing these guys make their major league debuts, but the fact is, this is murderer's row, man. With, like, there is not an easy out in that entire White Sox lineup. That is a truly dynamic team. I give Han and, and the front office there a whole lot of credit for how they have built a true contender there on the south side. They're going to be trouble here for the next several years. And I look forward to the challenge. I will talk about one more thing here. And there's been several controversial things that have come up in baseball over the last several weeks that I didn't really talk about. Fernando Tatis hitting a grand slam on a 3-0 pitch. Uh, Like that became this huge issue. I don't know. It wasn't that big a deal to me. The people got butthurt about it. I think it's stupid. I think you should swing on a 3-0 pitch no matter the situation, and I think Fernando Tatis is an unbelievably electric player, and I can't wait to see what the future holds in store for him. That was a non-issue to me. It was just silly. But last night, Tom Brenneman, the play-by-play guy on television for the Cincinnati Reds, dropped a gay slur, and he, well, as look, I'll say this. He is currently, as of the time of this recording, the play-by-play guy for the Cincinnati Reds. He may not be by the time you listen to this. We'll see. But he will be punished for this. He deserves to be punished for this. I just have to say two things real quick. One, and this might make some people angry, but I really do believe this. I said this on the pod a couple weeks ago. It's never too late to rewrite your own history. I hope he grows from this. I hope he learns from this. I hope he realizes how inexcusable using a word like that in general, but especially on a broadcast is is that he's damaging not only a a group of people but an entire sexual orientation and not to mention damaging uh, the the sport of baseball the institution of baseball by isolating an entire group of people a horrific mistake by Tom Brenneman but lastly and then I promise I'll I'll, I'll, I'll finish the show here but I, I do feel like when something like this happens it's important for me to note that inclusivity is extremely important on this program. It's important on the Locked On Network. Uh, I've been in the group chat with all of the Locked On hosts. Uh, I guarantee they feel the same way as I do. We exist here to try to grow the game of baseball. And the game of baseball cannot grow if a group of people feel isolated. And I want to let everyone listening to this, whether you are white or black or gay or straight or transsexual, you are welcome on this podcast. You are welcome on the Lockdown Network that has been that way since day one, and it will remain unchanged forever. So that's all I have to say about that. That is something inclusivity uh, is very important to me. It's one of the biggest reasons why I agreed to, to sign on to be a part of Lockdown. So that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at castellani A N I two o one four. You can follow this show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. And while you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. Very eventful show today. Thank you very much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day, everybody, and go Tigers.